are we living in a simulation? And if we're not, why do so many people think we are? We discuss this and more on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, culture critic, level four dragonborn wizard. And with me today is my discouragingly dreamy co-host. Ooh, Nathan Clarkson. I want that to be in front of my name every single time. I'm an actor, I'm an author, I'm a, uh, a, a filmmaker, and I don't think I mentioned this yet. I am an artist. I love sketching. That is, you do love sketching. Yeah, I have sketched all of my life, and I'm really good at it. I mean, relative. Like, I, I, people have put me to shame, but that is how I listen to books on tape doing this, because I was a kid with ADHD, so I'm a good sketcher. Ooh, you need to share some of your sketches on our Overthinkers page at some For point. a price. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and sorry, I don't believe that. Sounds pretty sketchy to me. Oh. Uh, and this. Yes, yes. And with us for the first time in studio is our third Overthinker, the uh, the soul whose intentions are good, yes. the nefarious Nathan Cher. Greetings and beyond the new. And he is our amazing technical everything guy who <laughs> yes, makes really. sound and cuts and, and does everything. So please, yes. at home in your apartments, give him a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get started, I want to real quick jump in and give... As a, you do. A, as I do. A couple uh, quick updates. Uh, we have been having so much fun uh, creating this podcast for you guys and building this little community. We are now have a we now have a great group online on Facebook to search the overthinkers. We have been having a blast. There are memes and deep questions and lots of conversations. So if you enjoyed the podcast and all the stuff that we talk about on it, I promise you you will enjoy the hundreds of people who are in this group talking about this stuff ad nauseum. You will fit right in. We are talking about everything fun. So please head over to the Facebook group, the Overthinkers. And That's right. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a review. Please do. It really does help us uh, get to more people. That's really apparently what the out. analytics say. It gets and us to more people. It does. That's exactly what it is. And also, it really, really helps our egos. To be completely honest, <laughs> when we see really the most important thing. That's honestly, yeah. We want to get to down to it. Most important thing: our egos. We need yes. to feel smart and great. So please leave us a review if you have the time. If we Thanks. don't have more five star reviews than Joe Rogan, then we are <laughs> never <laughs> going to feel like we matter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're not going to matter. <laughs> we're not. We're not. No. It's okay. We can dream. <laughs> I can dream about you. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, today we are asking the question that if someone asks a question, you know without a doubt that they are an overthinker. Are we living in a simulation? For thousands of years, yes, yes, we're doing it, people. <laughs> For thousands of years, philosophers have asked how we know whether or not we're living in a dream. An ancient Hindu philosopher who I read in my world history class, who I now don't remember, but hopefully somebody listening to this podcast does, posed the question of whether or not he was a man dreaming he was a butterfly or a butterfly who dreamed he was a man, or something like that. In the West, Descartes famously asked the question of how we know we're dreaming, which various philosophers like John Locke tried to answer. More recently, with the rise of technology and movies like The Matrix, many have updated this question to ask if we were living in a computer simulation. With prominent people like billionaire Elon Musk and creator of the Dilbert cartoon Scott Adams declaring that they do, in fact, believe we're living in a situation. 
According to Scott Adams, the reading for, for believing we're in a simulation is thus. Someday, we will be able to create a simulation so advanced that programs within the simulation will not be able to tell that they are in a simulation. Any one real world is capable of creating countless numbers of simulations. Therefore, the odds are mathematically more likely that you and I are in one of the simulations than we, is likely that we are in the actual real world. Nathan Clarkson. Given how many brilliant people over the course of thousands of years have wrestled with this question, how long do you think it will take for us to definitively solve it once and for all? 20 minutes? 5 minutes? What do you think? Oh, we can do this in 30 seconds. Or cool. Less, I think. Do it. Do it. <laughs> you know, this is an interesting question. I see it everywhere now. I, you know, the, is obviously, as you mentioned, Joe Rogan, um, Elon Musk went on there and he talked about living in simulation. Yeah. But he, it, it obviously blew up. It went all over Twitter. People are thinking about this. But it didn't start there. This has been a right. question that has been going around for a long time. And it's one that I remember first entering my mind and the zeitgeist of me, of the simulation that we could be living in, was with the movie The Matrix, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. And not to give anything away, but if you've seen the first 15 minutes, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Yes. Essentially, the, they espouse that we are living in a simulation. And this, Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, guys. Spoilers for one of the most popular you know, uh, pop culture concepts and if in you the haven't, past 20 if you years. haven't seen it that it's, it's on you it's yeah. on you <laughs> yeah. but i think it's interesting that we've been asking this question for so long and i don't even think it's even the most interesting question about the proposition right mm. which is really interesting to me that people are so uh in oh interesting yeah I see where they're, going with they're engaged with are we in a simulation but if we are in a simulation i think really the more interesting question the question that must follow is who is the designer of the simulation? Oh, you Christian Who created you. this you simulation? <laughs> why, is, why does the simulation exist at all? I'm, I'm even going with their logic. Okay, let's say, yeah, we are living in a simulation. Yeah. They always stop right there. And I'm always really interested to know why. You listen to interviews with Elon Musk or whoever it might be talking about this. It always goes, we're living in a simulation and no one ever asks the, ne the next question. Yeah. Okay, who created the simulation? Why does the simulation exist? Where does it come from? And I think that's really, ultimately, the most interesting question. And as a man of faith, you know, we, when it comes to the question, do we live in a simulation? In a sense, yes, sure. would be the answer. So, yes, we're living in a created place uh, that was designed by an intelligent mind. Uh, and we all have purpose and unique abilities uh, in this created place, quote unquote, a simulation. So to me, it really is an interesting question, and I think it shows the heart of humans and the desire to question that there must be more than this. And, and ultimately, it shows that they're longing after and questioning after, dare I say, it, a god, a creator, who, and, and if you live in a simulation, I think also one thing it does for humans, we'll get into this more, is it gives you purpose. Yeah. If you are created in a simulation, you have a purpose. If you're playing The Sims, The Sims have a purpose. There's a yeah. goal to you being there. You're not a random collection of atoms that just happens to be here. And so I think part of this is actually an answer to the new atheism that we saw of yesteryear, which is saying you're just random. There's no reason for you being here. And this is a way to, without invoking God, say, no, no, I do have purpose. Yeah. I'm in a simulation. So you what kill, are your you kill, you kill God, and then you have to create him in another form. Exactly. So you just do that with technology. But why don't people answer the next question, or even ask the next question? Okay, we're in a simulation. Who created? So here's so here's the reason I think why that they don't. And this gets to my problem of why I'm never really impressed by questions of are we living in a simulation or are we living in a dream, 
Because they all have the same problem, which is that they're non-falsifiable. What do you mean? Well, it means that you can't actually prove or disprove them. Mm-hmm. Mm. The issue is like, you know. Kind of like God. Yes-ish. <laughs> yes-ish. But it's a little different because at the very least, God came down and Jesus gave us ways to test his trustworthiness. But what do you think if you're... If you're philosophy that we live in simulation wouldn't you invent a guy who's like i'm the guy who made it i mean that's what people would say about christianity sure you could say that but the proposition still is they don't have a way of saying oh here's who it is gotcha over all the possibilities for it is they don't have a way of differentiating it because they still haven't answered the question because like with you know scott adams whole thing of like here's the reasons why we could be in a simulation he still hasn't actually proven that we are in a simulation, or even given us any evidence that That's we're in a simulation. Too. It's always theory. It's always theory. And the thing is, you have to be very careful about things that are theory and don't have any testable evidence about them. Even again, it's like a Christian. Historical evidence is a kind of testable evidence. Logical evidence, Log, you know, yeah. But if this is like, okay, well, if you assume this, and you assume this, and you assume this, then this obviously follows. You so have you to, have to assume a lot. A of lot of things, which are all part of our cultural context. A really good example is... You know, what was it? They would say Zeno's paradoxes. Have you ever heard of the Greek philosopher who had Zeno's paradoxes were the idea that he was trying to prove that all change or motion or things like was an illusion. And so he was mm. like, so in order to get to a door, you first have to go halfway through the door. And then in order to cross even further, you have to get halfway through there and halfway through there and oh. ad infinitum. And so you mm. never logically can ever make it to a door. And so you can logically create anything that as absurd as you want to through if you have pure logic without a way to say actually test it because of course the ba- the, the best way, argument against Zeno's paradox is not to argue with him it's just to get up and walk out the door, walk through the door. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you, you have that's how I treat all my conflict <laughs> <laughs> exactly. yeah. so it's and again like an even more more scarier you know and more deadly I mean is people had a lot of very logical you know scientific theories about the inferiority of certain races that mm. that worked in a vacuum based on their own assumptions but of course all you had to do was actually spend five minutes with an actual person of a different race and you find out oh some of these assumptions are not actually true but they work in a vacuum and that's the thing is about some of these these things is that they're logical things that work in a vacuum but they don't actually prove any of the things that they say which means that you can't go further than hey it's logical to assume you might be living in a simulation but we don't actually have a way of saying is it aliens is it a human is it god is it any of those things there's no actual evidence now see that that's interesting that you talk about these men of science these great thinkers i'd, right. say, I'd say they're the philosophers and voices of our yeah. day who are associated with intelligence and intellect oh, and they're billionaires and designers and scientists and they're the ones positing this idea that we're living in a simulation uh, along with what you just said, no evidence, right. no actual yeah. reason to believe this to be true. So I want to know on a philosophical level, what do you think is the reason that this is so popular? Why do people, maybe it's want or why do people need or whatever it is, why is this such a popular question? And really, why is this such a popular belief? I know people who tell mm. me as if they have secret knowledge, you know, we're living in a simulation. <laughs> no, I don't know that, and neither do you. But it's it's still interesting to me that this is so, this is taking the world by storm. What is it about even intelligent people, even thinking people, even overthinking people? <laughs> Especially really, overthinking yeah, people. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> but why, why do they want to believe, or why do they 
believe why is this such a popular question that we're living in a simulation? What is the, the psychology of why people are into this? I have a generous theory and an ungenerous theory. I, I think all of us want to hear both. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first, Nathan? Uh, sure, I'll be short. Uh, <laughs> if I had a broad theory that I have no way to actually prove at all, just like this theory we're talking about, <laughs> yes. uh, if I had to guess, maybe it's that it's a chance for people to sort of give themselves free reign almost. Mm. Like, I think when they think that they're living in a simulation, they think, oh, okay, then none of this has any meaning. None of it matters. I can do what I want because there's no actual weight here. There's no actual, no actual problems here. None of this is real. That means kind of like you're in a lucid dream or even just gives them hope where it's like, oh, well, this quote-unquote life, this simulated life I'm living may not be going so great, but that's okay. I have another life coming up. I have like another life in this game coming up so mm. i'll just reset and i'll eventually reset and do something better interesting that was even more ungenerous than i was going to go but i think that there's a lot to that i actually really do believe that um i would say for me the 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 more generous thing would be to say like you said we want to believe there's order and meaning to our lives yes. that we're given you know, we it not only do we want to believe it, the world that we inhabit feels like it has imbued with meaning and we can discover meaning and order. And so that seems more plausible to us and it does feed a desire for meaning and creation and non randomness like non randomness mm -hmm. and, and and purpose. Mm -hmm. I think that that's and the thing is whenever you get rid of the old reasons, old things to believe in that give you that, you invent new ones. And this is one that fits with narratives that they believe in because they believe in technology. Yeah. And they believe in the, as technology improves, we're going to have even better technology and, you know, that it will reach the singularity and all those things. So it's, it's a way to fit their modern beliefs with their desires, with their eternal desires. Modern beliefs with eternal desires. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. So that's the generous way to look at it. The ungenerous way to look at it is that it is... Uh, intellectual contrariness. Like, there's a lot of people who are just like, you know, most of you think you're living in a real world, but <laughs> I have secret knowledge that smart people believe that is that we're really, it's really this way. And so it's being contrarian, it's being in the inner ring circle of the knowledgeable people like C.S. Lewis talks about. I'm woke and you're not. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's the philosophical it's, wokeness. Yeah. It's, it's the Gnosticism. It's like yeah. the secret knowledge. The secret knowledge. The secret knowledge. Mm. I think that there's that. But I also do think, I mean, like you said, Nathan, I, I, and uh, Nathan A. <laughs> by, the way, by the way, watch the first episode with Nathan Sherrard. Do we need more black superheroes to understand the the, the names to the two Nathans just to make it easier on myself. <laughs> All right, but not but no aside. You're okay. <laughs> yes, I think it's a, I think it is also like a, anything that says because the more real something is because it's a way to get behind the two things because we want meaning and purpose but we also don't want responsibility mm. and the thing is because and but the more meaning and purpose there is you know the more responsibility you have but here's a way to say we have meaning and purpose but because it's a simulation we have zero we have responsibility. zero responsibility mm -hmm. in fact even less like what you were saying Nathan A is that if this is all just a video game, I mean, what I, I play video games, right? Mm -hmm. You can do whatever Wait, what? you want. You, yeah. video games? <laughs> you can do whatever you want and you can go back to, this, to the start point mm -hmm. yeah. and start all over again. And I think the world is desperate right now. I, right. I know I have been there. I know almost everyone has. I want to make all the mistakes I can 
and I want I hate them. I, I don't want these, but I want to do over. Yes. And I think this is yeah. a way without God to get do overs. And, and it is interesting to think about the video game aspect. And that this it, this question has risen as video games have been a main part yes. of our culture. Right. And so you see that a lot of young people are spending lives and hours on video games inhabiting another world, yep. inhabiting another person, another life, another story. And they see this very real, very viscerally real world take place in front of them that is a simulation. Right. And so I think, of course, why wouldn't that affect the psychology and philosophy of how we look oh, 100%. at the world? But um, I do think also, to what you said, Joseph, is that I do think there is, I don't think it's a soul issue, but I do think it's a, a, an issue when it comes to people really taking hold of this and running with it, is that people like to have the secret knowledge. It's Gnosticism all right, over again. Yeah. And it's a cool way to say, I have a unique knowledge and view of the world like you said again, I'm just reiterating everything you said. Please do. Yes. Just <laughs> remind me how smart I am. That, offers, Stroke that, ego. that doesn't have it, it offers it, it gives you no responsibility. Right. And the hard thing about being a Christian, there, there's great there's a great thing and a hard thing. Yeah. The great thing is, wow, I have purpose, I have value, yeah. I was intended to be here, my life matters, my choices matter. And then on the flip side of that, the really hard thing is my choices matter. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, the you good realize, news is also the bad news. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And the choices you make have eternal effect. Yeah, they have uh, they have weight to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think again, like you said, I'm just copying everything. You said, <laughs> yeah. It goes straight to the heart of humanity. Right. We're saying we all have this intrinsic desire to to mean something. That we look at this chaos uh, that we feel in our lives, and then we look right. around and we see order and beauty. And we have our natural uh, reactions to love and goodness. And we say there has to be more. There has to be order. There has to be intention right. behind all this. And this way is a way to invoke purpose, to invoke creation, to invoke uh, uh, order, like you said, right. without having to invoke any responsibility. And I think, honestly, I'm answering my first question. Right there is the reason yeah. that you will see people say, we're living in a simulation and then stop. Yes. And not say, so who made the simulation? Because if we discover who made the simulation... Then we will discover who made, not just who made the simulation, but what the simulation was made for, yeah. which ultimately means what we're made for. And when we discover what we're made for, that means our choices do matter. There is a yeah. right and a wrong. Mm -hmm. And we can do things right right and wrong. And I think that's a that's an even more scary question it's, to ask that no one mm -hmm. wants to. They want to mm -hmm. just have this one, we're in a simulation, but never go beyond that. It's the, it's the um, what you call it, it is both uh, what we talked about with, Professor Wilkinson in our postmodern episode. Yes. And it is uh, Rick and Morty. Because yes. you have, I mean, in Rick and Morty, you have the more honest look, which is when, you know, when uh, Rick invents the robot and the robot says, What is my purpose? He's like, You slice bread. He says, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> well, it's not sliced bread. Oh, no, I know. I, I, don't, I, wow. don't, I don't listen. I don't remember. <laughs> I watched it once. I watched it once. <laughs> and, but you are correct. But then, but the thing is, you know, when we, you know, when we talked in our postmodern episode, the thing is, it's like we want meaning, but we want meaning tailored to our desires. As mm -hmm. and we and we do pick the meaning that we want based on the desires we have, and not the ones that are going to be inconvenient for us. And not to get too theological, but that is the heart of the rift between God, God and man. And man. Mm -hmm. It's who is going to be the king of your life, right? And so we want that order. We want the I matter, but I would like to make the decisions I want to with, like you said, Nathan no ramifications i want to do what i want and and have be the again such uh biblical and, and christian imagery but yeah. be the king of my own life and yeah. heart yeah which is 
Interesting. I think we figured it out, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we did. We really did. I'll, I, will say, I will say a couple things. One, the uh, question, um, are we living in a simulation, is better than are we living in a dream. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I want to hear this. And it, because... And this is interesting. Well, who's dream, first of all? Well, so, yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing, is that, you know, if he, there's a, an article in Psychology Today, in Is Life a Dream, um, by Dr. Sharon Hewitt Rollett, I believe it is, and she talked about the fact that the problem with living in a dream is that is that things the world is very permanent and also coherent in a way that's like oh you interact with the world and it doesn't work against your subconscious mm. it doesn't work according to our subconscious it works according to things that we don't expect and it still exists even when we stop thinking about it and when we don't want it to it keeps doing things like that but the simulation a video game can do that like if we're in somebody else's world that they've created Mm. that still works because it can have the same permanence and cohesion and that's the thing is we've actually gotten better philosophically asking questions and that's a good that's a good sign it's actually a good sign we've gotten better instead of saying maybe it's my own subconscious that's creating all this we kind of like no the world doesn't act like it's something we created yeah. you know like gk chesterton said you know truth is stranger than fiction because we create fiction to suit ourselves mm, we've gotten wow. to the point and th that's exactly what this is yes. we're creating a fiction to suit our own mm. desires mm. yes mm -hmm. so the idea of simulation is that at least we agree that it exists somewhat independently of our own desires and subconscious and i will say this isn't new like no, the, no, no. the term simulation our living simulation is a is a new term in the zeitgeist i've used zeitgeist twice today <laughs> go for three go for three yeah. go for three <laughs> i'll see if i can drop it in without you guys even noticing yeah. <laughs> but the, the term simulation isn't new are we living in simulation it the, the term is but the idea is not new um you know before this, and we still have this, it's a multiverse. We have a million, yes. billion, yep. infinite amount of universes, and so nothing you really do matters. Yep. It's still really cool. It's still okay, a really cool oh, idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, deep but, cut Justice League reference there. <laughs> nerds. <laughs> all you over here, all you nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's something that I think humans have been yeah. trying to invoke in our philosophy and yeah. minds for a long time. It's a multiverse, you know, before then it's, you, you mentioned Nathan Chair about reincarnation. We want to believe that, you know, yeah. it's kind of never ending. And even uh, you had the more Eastern philosophies of all this energy and it's all this an illusion. Yeah. Uh, the Buddhist is when it talks about this all, be, nothing is, I'm really going to botch this up. So any yeah. religion scholars out there, please correct me. But essentially that nothing actually exists. It's all in our mind. It's mm -hmm. all, right. and I think all of these kind of answer what we've been talking about, the same desire uh, yeah. that you mentioned, Joseph, this is, how did you say it? You said it really well. Is it, it was... I forgot how I said it. No, wait, uh, <laughs> rewind, like yeah, five exactly. minutes, you'll find it. But it's, it's, it's answering the meaning, deepest human Meaning desires. with no responsibility. Yes, mm -hmm, the deepest mm -hmm. human desires with no responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what we've seen for many years. This is just the newest iteration and brand. So mm -hmm. what is our pitch for people to believe in a real world? Because this is the thing that I, I think is interesting, which is the fact that, you know, you can say that like, different things are not falsifiable. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, there's no way to prove you're actually living in the real world. There's no proof way to prove that you have free will or not have free will. Because if you ever are, try to argue with somebody who doesn't believe in free will, they can reinterpret everything yes. as an expression of not free will. So it's one of those questions that's sort of unfalsifiable. And so you kind of have to go with what is a better story to tell that makes more sense of more things and and i think you have to follow the same thrust of their desire right so you know what they want you know what they're looking for and if you know as a as a christian i believe that that this 
Christianity provides the ultimate fulfillment mm-hmm. yeah. to your desires. So it's not saying, stop thinking about that. Stop right. pointing that. It's saying, actually, I have something that will fill those desires and more. Right. So and I so I think that's where you have to start. It's not just dismissing people who say no, 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 yeah. either idiots or pretentious. No, they're asking this because they were created in the image of God and they were created to desire something like yes. this. But how can these questions be answered in a more full and more true way? Mm-hmm. And so I guess to answer the question of the podcast, are we living in a simulation? I would talk to someone and say, in a sense, yes. Sure. We are. We are we are living in a place that was created, mm-hmm. that was designed. You and I were designed. You and I were designed for a purpose. We have value. We have, you know, to put it in Christian language, calling. Yeah. We have everything you see was created by a designer. So in a sense, yes, we live in a simulation, but I'd say what I encourage you to do is ask the more important question than, than even that, okay, maybe we're living in a simulation of a type. Please, no one yes. has <laughs> heresy at me. I don't actually think. Yeah. But who created this, quote unquote, mm-hmm. simulation? Right. Who created this world? Who created it? Because it's only then when we connect to the actual creator of the simulation yeah. world, uh, universe, whatever it is, that we'll actually find the fulfillment that all of our hearts are longing for. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I would say a couple things. One, yes. I mean, you first have to define the term, what do you mean by simulation? Because yeah. everybody believes in a simulation. If you define simulation, not simulation enough. Where mm-hmm. if, if you define, it's like, yes, we do live in a world that is a bunch of, you know, balls with energy around them that only, you know, our brains are simulating our experiences physically. Well, yes, everybody believes that, but we believe that it, the people of us who believe in it's real, believe it comes out into something real. Yes. And I think that, I think it is, you know, what was it? Um, St. Augustine, and yes, I'm saying Augustine. Augustine. Only to annoy the people who I know it will annoy. <laughs> and you know who you are. Nathan and I exchanged the looks. <laughs> but um, he said, and he said this before Descartes. Descartes tried to pretend he didn't steal it from Augustine, but he did. Um, he said that, you know, even the people who don't believe you can trust your senses look both ways before you cross the street. Yeah, I remember. I remember. <laughs> the old pastor's like, and he was doing apologetics the best he, way he could. He's like, "You believe this is all fake? Well, let me punch you in the face." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, well." <laughs> and so you can define this world as not real intellectually, but you can't live that way. And so you're mm. going to act like you believe that it's real and that it matters. And so it's maybe better to actually believe it is. And I think that you know Christianity does for me believing that the world is real tells a better story i believe that christianity does offer our need for meaning and purpose and even our need for um responsibility but not too much responsibility Mm -hmm. because c.s lewis talked about the fact that um in the his book or was it which one was out of silent planet he had a character one of the aliens say to ransom um uh you know take comfort in your smallness it is too big for you Oh, interesting. And Love that. and I, I thought about that because I, I remember as a teenager that resonated with me so deeply because I said, because I realized I wasn't, I wasn't smart enough to know everything about what was important for my life, what, how, to, how to run my life. And I needed somebody else to be, I needed to be responsible for my own choices and have the freedom to make my own choices, but I also needed somebody to know that somebody else was actually sovereign over all events because I wasn't qualified to run my life and lives of people I was responsible for. Mm. And so the thing is believing in a God who is both sovereign and good 
and powerful. And I said both, but I meant all these things because I said multiple things and not just two. But um, he's all those things. But he also does give us, you know, for lack of a better or more colloquial term, free will is the kind of perfect balance of responsibility and um, freedom uh, that and and also caretaking that we need and that we are looking for for an assimilation. Because again, assimilation gives us ways to fail, but it also is made for us to succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm, absolutely. So that, was, that would be one of my sort of pitches of how, you know, not believing we're in a game simulation, but how we believe in a real life simulation in Christianity, a real world Christianity. And it's so is much better. better news to believe yeah. this is real. Yeah. It was designed and real. Nathan share any closing thoughts? So life is Animal Crossing, and we're all building our island with Jesus. That's it. We got it. There we go. There we go. Well, aren't you guys all so lucky, I mean blessed, to have <laughs> heard the answer to all these questions today with and us. And now you know. Now that you know. Knowing you know is half the battle. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Okay, all right. I have, some good, I have some good blesses in Christmas. I now. haven't thought of any of them. So there you go. <laughs> well, I, I have a few on my list. I wasn't going to, I was just deciding which I was going to use. So you can steal uh, if you so decide. Oh, oh, these are these are very good ones. Yeah, I, I definitely have um, my curse as well. So okay, well, I don't. I mean, you guys, you usually, uh, you usually go. So like, okay. why don't you go for? It? I might, I might steal uh, that one for curse. Okay, haven't seen it. Okay. Perfect, perfect. Okay, so my bless in the realm of this whole are we living simulation? I, I gotta go a little cliche here. I'm gonna do two. I'm gonna go cliche with the Matrix. I think this is a great yeah. storytelling. Obviously, is a pop culture phenomenon that everyone knows, and I think they just—if you want to go down that route of asking that question—they just did it so well. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it, it was an incredibly engaging, interesting, intellectual, but just fun movie. Um, I think another great one, especially talking about the dreams. I don't want to use <laughs> this one yet because I might use it again for something you else. You can use it again. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> but Inception, we just watched that recently. Yeah. Mm. Inception's just such a great... Such a great movie. Oh, so good talking about consciousness and dreams and uh, the nature of reality and yeah. memories. That is, I, I just think, I'm always going to gush over Christopher Nolan. I, I haven't seen it yet, so we'll see. Well, nobody has. It's not But I have, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to gush over that too. Yeah, probably, probably. <laughs> but Inception is absolutely made. If you haven't seen it, who are you first? And uh, number two, <laughs> number two, oh, gosh. Um, it's amazing. So please see it. My curse. This is strong because I didn't hate it, and I, I wonder if some of you liked it. I feel like I feel like I've talked to one of you, and you didn't. I'm really it. fascinated. I hope it's what you think because this would be very fascinating. Ready Player One. Oh, I didn't like that. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I I love Spielberg. I oh absolutely one of the masters. This was not my favorite. I don't have any terribly intellectual uh, qualms with why I think it wasn't a good example of living in simulation. It just wasn't my favorite. I felt like yeah. they employed too much pop culture reference to get people to like it, forget, forgetting the entire time that story was important yeah. and characters <laughs> were important. And so it was not my favorite vision of movie or a work about um, living in simulation. By the way, you can choose books and games too. I'm trying to rack my mind. Uh, for those as well, so maybe I'll have one by the time you're done. <laughs> so yeah, first of all, I, can I can I say what I believe my the problem with Ready Player One was? Yes, please. Is that it was a a movie about again I haven't read the book so I can't talk mm-hmm. about the book, mm-hmm. but it was a movie about kids who grew up 
on the world in the world that of pop culture that Spielberg helped create by the person who helped create it, not by anyone who actually grew up in that world. And so, you know, they're making pop culture references to the first Superman movie, which like nobody makes pop culture references to anymore. <laughs> and they have this at the beginning, it's like it takes, you know, them weeks for one person to decide to drive backwards, which is the first thing that all actual mm-hmm. gamers would try. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the first principal rules of play, playing a Nintendo game is check backwards. Yeah, check, check backwards and just drive over everything until you figure out. So, do so it could have worked if Spielberg directed it, but they got like some millennial or Gen Z person to write the screenplay. Oh, millennials. Didn't. Yeah, but like, you know, his boomerness could have balanced it out. True. <laughs> so, we need that yin and yang. You need mm-hmm. Of Easter. Mm-hmm. You needed that yin and yang to make it work. That's what I think the problem is. I'm sure a bunch of you can tell me that I'm wrong, and that's fine. Are you stealing that for your curse? No, I'm not going to steal it for curse. I realized that I have something that has nothing to do with uh, this that I can do. <laughs> that's <laughs> not allowed. That's not allowed. Is that, okay, let's take it to a vote. Like, I like, mean, my blessings and curse have nothing to do with this either. Uh, All right, fine. Cool. Well, well, let it be noted in the record. <laughs> I stayed on topic. <laughs> so I recently read the first the dune novel oh and i watched the movie and so that is my the the david lynch movie. oh okay i, I didn't say. watch Denevo and Uve one. what are you kidding no so the dune book is fantastic and that's my bless and the david lynch movie is horrible and that's my curse um wow okay the, one fell swoop one fell one swell not swoop. a lynch fan yeah, um, I, you know david lynch is okay to me but even David Lynch has denounced his own movie, gotcha. too. So I've like, seen or read it. So. And, you know, the book, I think the book is really great, particularly, I mean, there's a lot of it that you kind of, that you're like, oh, I saw this in Star Wars, but it predates Star Wars. Gotcha. And there's a lot that's deep philosophically, also the relationship sort of between father and mother and like what happens when the son sort of becomes the man of the house and those relationships change are really interesting. So the book was worth the read. The book was incredibly worth the read and I'm very excited for Denis Villeneuve's movie, which is, I love Denis Villeneuve, which is why I read the book in the first place. I'm looking forward to the movie. And I, I can't wait to not have to read the book and just watch the movie. I know. I am that can, guy. You can coast. You can coast. <laughs> I and will then gladly I will, coast. I, then I will provide the commentary of, well, this is what the book was like. Oh, I and can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> yes. So um, I will also add as my curse just to do for a simulation thing, um, Source Code, which is a movie about a man who, it's a thriller about a man who enters a, you know, the, the life that somebody else lives, somebody else's memory, a simulation of that in order to try to prevent or to catch somebody who committed a horrible crime. And it, to me, is, it's in, it asks some very interesting questions, but it takes a lazy way out at the end. Gotcha. And the lazy way out is exactly what you're talking about, which is that we don't want to deal with what reality actually does and gives us and make those trade-offs. We want to have the meaning and the stuff we want without the responsibility. And that really mm. doesn't encapsulate that. So on a moral level, it fails. Okay. And on a just storytelling level, it's cheap. So I did sneak in a simulation-related thing nice. at the end. All right, and Nathan A. Okay, let's see. All right, fine. I'll do a last-minute change of my blessing and curse too to yes. make it on topic. Fine. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. <laughs> 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 okay, so my bless and curse actually is you made me think of this earlier when you mentioned uh, reincarnation, but um, my blessing and curse is a genre of um. Oh man, I'm completely blanking on what it's called at the moment. Um, do, do, do. Isekai, the isekai genre from anime. And from anyone who of just, doesn't specifically know what it is, it's I basically. Those people out there. It's yes. basically. <laughs> yes, yes. It's basically the concept of a character be living in a simulation almost. It's just like the basic concept of like one character 
getting trapped in another world. Either he's summoned there, or he's died, or he's reincarnated mm. into another world, or he's trapped in a video game world, or just any sort of any sort of oh my gosh. any sort of anime that's all about like a character like going getting supplanted from his original world to another world and how he processes it's that. It's an entire genre. It's an entire genre. It's been like it's been popular anime for like the past ten years at least. And so why do you bless and curse it? Bless it because there are lots of fascinating stories and animes that come from it. Curse it because there have been a lot of stories and animes that come from it. It's basically the <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of like the superhero genre over here in the West for films, where it's like there are so many anime in the isekai genre. It's so super oversaturated. So like, there's a lot of garbage out there that you have to weed through, but there's like a lot of great stuff out there as well. I will say actually, I will add that to my bless. I actually like Sword Art Online. Oh yes, Sword Art Online, which is, is that part of the genre? Yes, that's like one of the early examples. I really of what like it. it's it's a great way to do a hero's journey story through the idea of going through a video game. So I like that. Interesting. One. I'm looking forward to the first season. I haven't. I didn't like the second season. Is there season, a, a a a movie coming out, or it was supposed to come out before pre before before COVID, and it's about a man. BCB before COVID. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Isn't it Ryan Reynolds, I believe? Oh, oh, Free Guy! Yes. Free Guy. So that's coming out. I'm, we're all very interested, and we'll give you our thoughts after we, yes, after see, we see it. Yes, after we see it. But that is definitely about a man living in a simulation. Yes, it is. Very literally a video game. So oh, yeah. That's going to be a whole other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested. Okay, there you have it. There you have it. Um, cool, cool. Joseph, uh, where can people find you? Well, people can find me at my website, uh, josephholmestudios.com you can also find me on all of the socials on the twitters on the instagrams you can also find us at uh, theoverthinkersjournal.com if you want to contact us or if you want to just see all of our article that's up there or all of our article <laughs> we have one incredible article really incredible we're thinking about adding the second one but yeah. i don't know if we need we, we have to we'll have to see you know a focus group <laughs> yeah exactly um and uh, Nathan Clarkson, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the socials. Just search my name, Nathan Clarkson. Facebook, Instagram, all the places. Uh, you can also visit my website at nathanclarkson.me. Send me a message. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, please, again, I'm going to plug this again. Plug it. Um, go to the Overthinkers private group on Facebook. We'll love to add, add you. We're having so much fun. People are posting so much fun. great questions, great conversations. It's very lighthearted but intellectual at the same time. It that's a hard mix nowadays. Hard mix, and it's just it's it's really a blast for people who like to question these big questions, but in a way that's uh, kind and good. And people joyful. don't hate each other at the end of it. Yes, it's, <laughs> yes. it's a new. Group. It's a young group. Yeah. You may be the one that ruins it. Who knows? And Nathan Sherry, do you want people to find you? <laughs> If people need me, they will find me. (laughs) And there you have it. (laughs) Joseph, get us out of here. Well, thank you very much, everyone. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. That was a good one.